I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to episode 123 of the Simply Convivial podcast. Welcome to the Simply Convivial podcast. I'm here to help you beat the boom and bust cycle by organizing your attitude so you can organize your life. Simply Convivial keeps you on track with the ABCs of homemaking. We align our attitudes, build better habits, and carry out our calling. Simply, according to the dictionary, means done in a straightforward or plain and uncomplicated manner. And convivial, according to the dictionary, means cheerful, friendly, jovial. When we keep things simple, we find it easier to be more cheerful because our priorities are in order and our attention is where it belongs, on the people and the process, not the results. Let's be simply convivial in our homemaking, shall we? January's podcasts are all about self-care, what it is and what it isn't. In the medical world, self-care refers to those tasks that a caregiver must do for someone, whether it's a caregiver to an injured or ill adult or a mother to an infant. But when the internet tells you that you need self-care, they basically mean that you need to spend some time being self-centered and self-indulgent. Guess what? Self-centeredness and self-indulgence is never going to make you feel better in the long term, nor will it prepare you for re-entering your real life with joy. You don't need to treat yourself or indulge in luxuries to be happy with your life. Let's get a grip and a game face and find not only contentment, but even joy in our real-life home duties. Our lives are not our own, actually. They belong to our God and Savior. He purchased them for a reason, so that like Him, we could pour them out in worshipful service. When we live as we were created to live, we will find true refreshment. Today's episode is a blog post written and read by Abby Wall, titled Self-Care Mistakes and How Service Solves Them. Let's dig in. Hi, this is Abby Wall reading to you the article, Self-Care Mistakes and How Service Solves Them. The idea of self-care seems to be everywhere in our current culture, proclaiming that unless we are intentional about taking time for ourselves, it won't happen. We are led to believe that withholding self-care will have disastrous consequences. These consequences will supposedly affect not only our physical and mental well-being, but also our identity itself, causing strain or damage to our relationships. I have often heard the oxygen mask metaphor used as an example. First, put your oxygen mask on, then help others. I believe there is little truth or little profit in such a mindset. In fact, it is harmful to pursue self-care as a means to cope with life. I believe there is an alternative, a better way, a truth and life we are called to by God. Self-care wasn't always mainstream and popular. It was a prescribed treatment for patients and their families when members needed surgery and physical therapy, they endured a trauma or needed long-term care. 
it is promoted and necessary in addiction treatment for helping families heal and manage stress. It is a way to get perspective when all of your time, energy, and life is so tightly wound around another human being. When family members or friends are attempting control, it often looks like care and support. However, instead of helping, it morphs into enabling unhealthy levels of codependence and often obsession. A caregiver's time, energy, and well-being is consumed to the point that they neglect their own basic needs. Self-care was also recommended to first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police officers, and social workers. When the stakes are high, these professionals need to make the best possible decisions. Responding to situations full of adrenaline and stress, they often make decisions that affect life and death. Living this way all the time isn't possible. Without conscious effort, their health and relationships will suffer. Self-care was supposed to be a protocol for extreme circumstances, not for normal, everyday life. The struggle is real. Being a mom and a homemaker is tough. It is exhausting. It is hard. It is difficult raising kids, being married, and keeping a home. It is also true that we value little the things that are easy. However, instead of a buzzword to help us get through life, we need to focus our thoughts on truth. The Bible doesn't talk about self-care, as far as I have read. Over and over, there are stories of a merciful God caring for us. We are not called by God to practice self-care. We are, however, called by God to serve one another. The Proverbs 31 woman doesn't talk about what she is doing for herself, but always in the service of others. She is laughing, creating, caring, supporting her family, and setting the example of stewardship. Stewardship isn't a Christian repackaging of self-care, somehow made holy. It has a different end entirely. Self-care is the world's attempt at curing our real insufficiency. Self-care is a way and means of coping with difficult situations and taking care of your needs for yourself. If somehow we could sleep enough, meditate, be mindful, take a walk, take a weekend yoga retreat, fill in the blank, life would be sunshine and rainbows and we would be able to do everything. Stewardship is about honoring God, taking care of the things our sovereign Lord has placed in our lives, caring about what he cares about and bringing him glory. Self-care is like pain medicine that gives momentary relief. Stewardship is seeing the frustrations, sufferings, and pain as sanctifying work. When we recognize our insufficiencies and weakness, the Holy Spirit can help us exert self-control. As Paul writes, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses." so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10 Stewardship is loving God with our mind, body, and soul, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. It is following the Titus 2 pattern. 
Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. We don't need to find ways to get our needs met. God does this every day. He will give us wisdom if we ask. When we humble ourselves, he lifts us up in due time. He gives us the rest we need. His peace surpasses all understanding. He is faithful even when we are not. His mercies are new every morning. And every morning we must take every thought captive to obey Christ. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity shares this thought. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals, and the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back in and listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on all day, standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings coming in out of the wind. When we seek rest or refreshment on our own terms and from this world, we will never be satisfied. Only when we come to Jesus, weary and heavy-hearted, will we find rest. When we seek the kingdom of God and stop focusing on our own suffering and frustrations, when we forget about ourselves, we will become more Christ-like. We bring God glory when we steward the life we have been given. It is to my Father's glory when I see another sink full of dishes and wash them, when I fold another mountain of laundry, when I step on another Lego brick and have a gentle answer instead of a harsh word as I throw it in the garbage, when I rejoice in the convenience of the microwave and warm a cup of coffee for the tenth time. When I cheerfully repeat instructions with a smile on my face. When I discover new Sharpie artwork on the wall and teach my children how to clean and repair ruins without a critical spirit. When I am impervious to the whining and crying and I find the need behind the behavior. Food, nap, bathroom, or sickness. When we are missing the left shoe from three pairs of shoes and I start a project to improve the system, when I discover that they've been peeing out the window from the second story and don't freak out much, when I ensure I'm not too tired to spend quality time with my husband by taking a nap early in the day, when I refrain from complaining to my husband about how hard it is being at home with his challenging children. All of this can be for God's glory. Ask God for the grace for today, not worrying about what tomorrow may bring, knowing we don't have to be super moms or overwhelmed moms who just need time for self-care. We have the power of the Holy Spirit and God's sufficient grace. It is enough. Grace and peace be with you. And that's it for this episode of the Simply Convivial Podcast. Do you have all kinds of personal hopes and dreams and aspirations for 2020? Do you have a goal list as long as your arm? 
Are you afraid to set goals or think about improving your homemaking skills in 2020 because it's never worked in the past? I've got just the ticket. Go to simplyconvivial.com slash new year and get immediate access to a workshop specifically for busy moms about the why and how to set goals for the new year. Smart goals might work for businesses, but they don't work for moms. Come watch the workshop and find out what will work for us in real life. For us as we seek to grow in faithfulness, maturity, and sanctification in our life at home. That's simplyconvivial.com slash new year, all one word, no sign up required. Just pop on over and turn it on while you fold the laundry. Get inspired to dig into your work at home. After all, life is for our sanctification, for God's glory and not our own. So every day, let's repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.